Yes, we're back. Episode 61 of the Hibs Ramble. Um, just before I introduce who I'm, I'm with this evening, I just want to start us off by saying that in life, there's a few things that come as a guarantee. Obviously, death, taxes, hearts thrown away a two-goal lead at Tynecastle, <laughs> and myself and Liam being the only two constant things on this podcast. <laughs> How are we doing this evening, Liam? Well, I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. Just before we get proper going, I've just got a wee birthday message, um, a wee birthday shout out. So um, I'm not too sure how old he is actually, but it's um, it's Andy Halliday's birthday today. So you know, we would love to wish Hibs legend um, Andy Halliday uh, all the best on his birthday. Um, have a have a good one, mate, and keep defending the corners the way you defended them in 2016, and you'll you'll go far in this game. Um, I didn't realise that Mark and Craig that their pull-out game was so strong. I didn't think Craig's was so strong. I knew Mark's was for obvious reasons. But yeah, just the two of us this evening. Um and we're just gonna get we're gonna dive right into it. So Liam, two all, Tyne Castle, yet again, limbs yet again, which we will definitely touch on. But we're going to take it right back to the team being announced. Um, I was in the Pope's house at the time when the team was announced. I wasn't overly surprised by it. Um, we spoke about it last week on our preview about maybe going with Dodge instead for the physicality. What was your take on the on the team and especially with Hanlon not being in there and Rocky being in there instead? Yeah, I think if you'd asked me to pick the team, I probably would have picked the same team apart from Hanlon and for Rocky. I'm not too sure what it is about Rocky and <clears throat> playing against Hearts. He always seems to he always seems to get a starting spot even when he's not really been playing. So it was a surprise for me. Um but you know it's Nick Montgomery's first derby. He, he's probably still not a hundred percent certain who he wants in that back four. Uh, to stay there permanently, so you know it's 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 fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I think first at first glance at the team, I was I was pretty chuffed with it. Um, obviously, I would much rather have have Hanlon in than Rocky. But you know, I seen Doidge and Venti up front, and I thought about what you said about the physicality and getting in Hart's faces and stuff. And um, yeah, I, I was pleased. We're we're not going to spend too much time talking about the the first half, um, the players, uh, the management, pretty much everyone that was at the game can agree that we were second to everything, not at the races, very poor first half. Um, but I do quickly want to touch on it because the one constant thing that seems to be coming out of the weekend's match, and it pains me to say it, but obviously how well Alex uh, Rowley was, uh, Lowry, sorry, Lowry, performed in that first half. Um, I saw the highlights back, I've not really saw anything other than that and from what people have been saying online. And he just seems to be the, he was getting on everything. He was first to everything, he was, everything good the Hearts were doing, the majority of it was coming down our left-hand side, so the Hearts' right-hand side. And he just seemed to be controlling the game, which for a 20-year-old, 20 year um, and an Edinburgh derby, 
you know he would have he would have been really looking forward to that match. How did you see his performance in the first half and in the overall Hibs first half performance? Well, I said I'm not in the business of praising that lot about anything, but Alex Lowry and I'm not exaggerating when I say this was head and shoulders above everyone else on that park for the whole time that he was on it. He was outstanding. Uh, every time he got on the ball, he looked dangerous. Um, he looked like he was going to advance uh, with the ball at his feet. Uh, he could pick out a really neat pass. Uh, he obviously hit the post, which was, um, you know, he, he really should have scored in the first half. But um, I think we, we maybe helped him a little bit. We were second to everything, really. Um, the desire didn't really look there. It was what you would say is a typical derby out of the last, what, 10, 15 years. Hearts, regardless of how how depleted they are, uh, squad-wise, uh, personnel-wise, management-wise, they always seem to be more up for it than we do, especially in the first portions of the game. I felt like that was the, the main difference um, in the first half, for sure, because we've got the quality on the park to to more than match them. You know, it's you look at the two squads, it's not like Hearts have a miles better playing squad than we do because I, I don't really think that's true. But what what um, helped them was the fact that, you know, they were on top of us the first five minutes. They were really pushing, 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 and we couldn't really find a way to deal with it. And then when we did get the ball, we were under a lot of pressure from them. They were really pressing us high and we were making mistakes and the fans were getting frustrated. And obviously it didn't help with Alan Forrest putting in an absolute zinger into the top corner. But honestly, I don't think there's anything you can do about that goal. Yeah, no, I was just going to come on to that. I alluded to last week where I spoke about the fact that I thought Hearts would try and come out strong and come out fast more out of fear of what we could potentially do if they didn't do that. So I wasn't really surprised to see that um, part of their game plan implemented from them. It was just disappointing to hear and, and see the way that we were defending and, and performing in that first half. Obviously, you've said um, Alan Forrest's goal is a wonder strike. Brilliant goal. Um, I'm not taking anything away from that. But what do you think we could have done better? Because in every set of highlights and, and anything for the game that I've seen, they seem to keep coming down that right hand, well, their right hand side and our left hand side. And Abita seemed to be cutting in quite a lot. Rocky seemed to be quite far out on the left at times. What was your overall take of kind of those two as a, as a left side of the centre or the left side of our defence? And was there anything that we could have maybe done before the strike to, to try and prevent it? I think they were definitely targeting Rocky. I seen a good tweet on 9125 analysis this afternoon talking about our back line and the way that they were pressing and isolating Rocky so that he would get the ball from David Marshall uh, when the ball was back there. Obviously, they saw him as the weak link in our defence. Um, you know, I, I don't blame him. I think, I mean, I, I love Rocky Bits. I think he's a really good player, but you look at that back line and he probably is the weak link. Um, he probably is a player that you would want to target. Um, in terms of what we could have done differently, I, I don't know. I think Obita is that kind of left back, Sean, that is, he's, no, he's not like Lewis Stevenson, who is 
first and foremost a left back. I think Obita is first and foremost an attacking player um, who has like progressed to being a left back throughout his career. Don't know if that's the right word, progress, when he's coming back the way, but he's okay. a left winger and now he's a left back, so he's first and foremost in his head an attacking player probably. Um, I think our our take on that was probably right. The fact that we had Obi on on one side and Miller on the other to look to get in behind their fullbacks, I think that was the right choice. But you know, you see the first 10, 15 minutes, you see how well Hearts are playing and knocking about and getting chances, really. And I, I think there probably should have been a little bit of a change tactically from the sidelines, but, you know, it, it didn't come, or maybe it did come and it just didn't work. Um, you know, it's difficult to tell, really, from that from that stand. And I was right down low as well, so it was, it's, uh, it's not the easiest to get a, a proper tactical view um, from that portion of the stadium. But... No, it was it was clear to see that Hearts were definitely targeting Rocky um, and probably Obita as well, and that's where the first goals come from. Yeah, and moving into the the second half, <clears throat> um, you would expect a change, either tactically or personnel-wise. I'd imagine, based on Eli Yuan's post-match interview, that he wasn't the only one that got a boot up, a boot up the arse at half-time. But just before we get on to Hartley's second goal and then and then our goals and stuff, how was the beginning of that second half for you? How did you see it pan out? Because as a fan, getting beat yet again at Tincastle, you would expect to see something change very early in that in that first half, and it didn't look like it came. Eh, sorry, at the start of the second half, and it didn't look like it came. No, it didn't. But I felt like the level of performance was a little bit better. Um, I felt like we were coming into the game a little bit more. I said to my dad at halftime, I remember saying, he needs to hook Yuan and and change it. But now when I look back on it in hindsight, now that the dust has settled and I'm not in that kind of mindset of we're getting beat at Tynecastle, what the fuck's going on? I think if you take Yuan off the pitch, you take one of your best attacking threats off. And obviously, with the fact that he scored twice and got us, got us a point, single-handedly more or less, um, if you take him off the park, then it's. I don't want to say you're consigned, like resigning yourself to defeat, because I don't think you are, but you're not giving yourself the best chance, to be honest, if you take a player like that off. I mean, if he had eight to eight bad minutes, but two good minutes, and he scored two goals, it's uh, it makes all the difference, really, at the end of the day. Do you think it's played in our favour, then, the fact that Nick Montgomery was is new to the league. Yes, he'll be aware of the fixture and the magnitude of the fixture. But do you think maybe a more Edinburgh Derby experienced manager would maybe make that change? Or do you think because of Nick's inexperience to that derby, he's thought, you know what, he's one of my best players. I'm going to just persist because I know he's got that magic that magic touch about him and he's kept him on and he's, he's just shown him a little bit of trust, similar to how he has starting Rocky and, and such a big mm-hmm. Well, I think if it was me, if it was me in the dugout and I didn't have an affiliation for Hibs and I was just the manager, I wasn't a supporter, then I probably would keep you on, to be honest. But if I was in the dugout as a fan, he would have been hooked. But I, I don't even know who I would have put on for him. That's the thing. Um, 
and it, it all boils down to, like you said, trust. He's obviously trusted Elie and to to pull some strings and get us back into the game, and his trust has clearly paid off. Um, you know, towards the towards the middle of the second half. So, listen, it's um, it's one of the ones that you you probably could have made a case for Yuan getting hooked, and you you no one probably would have complained. But the fact that he's kept them on and he's he's allowed them then to play and he's let them prove himself in the second half. I think Nick Montgomery has been criticised a little bit um, over the weekend for, you know, kind of refusing to change it, refusing to maybe change shape and stuff. But I think he deserves some credit, definitely, for for sticking with Yuan and, and having that belief and trust in him. And then we then go 2-0 down. Um, very I don't unlucky. know how Alex Lowry can claim that, by the way. If Lewis Miller can't claim that one at Kelly, then Alex Lowry absolutely cannot. The brass neck him to then go and do a knee slide in front of the in front of the the Gorgie Road end when it's taking the biggest deflection ever off of Christian Deutsch is a uh, joke. It's a very, he's, 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 he's hit about five corners and he's hit the front uh, the front post every time. And then obviously we've been very, very unlucky to to then concede a second goal there. Yeah. Um, what, in your eyes, looking back, other than closing him down, could we have maybe done a wee bit differently? Because he'd been hitting the front post every every corner that he'd hit. I mean, maybe just put an extra man on the edge of the six, but then <clears throat> you're leaving a you're leaving a space in the middle in the middle of the box, and that's absolutely not what you want. Like you say, I think if you if you do. If you do bank on him hitting that first man, then I mean, probably the, the one time that you bank on him hitting the first man, putting an extra man on the edge of the six, then that's the one time you'll put in a world to a corner and they'll score from it from a free header because the man who's meant to be marking the big centre half is on the edge of the six. Um, but no, I, I think what surprised me, look, definitely looking back on it in the highlights, Sean, was it comes right back to him. And the players are static in the box, and it's not even as if one player goes out to push. It's not as if they the players step out at all, like you would expect them to do. Thinking he's got that ball back now. If we step out and he whips it in, uh, the striker will be offside. So it's it's bamboozled me to be honest. What what they were doing. Um, but the, uh, definitely the most frustrating part of it is the fact that he wasn't closed down quickly enough. And it seemed as if he had five, ten minutes out there on on um, our right-hand side before he decides to, to shank the ball into the box and it's off Doji and goes in. And then 2-0 lead, which we've, we've seen it happen before at Tincastle. Um, upsteps, Hibs legend, Toby Sibick. With a man of the match performance <laughs> for the last half an hour, don't worry, we'll give Elie Yuan his credit. But if it wasn't for man like Toby Civic, we probably wouldn't be sitting here celebrating that two-all win. So fair play to him for his performance. Um, two assists. He thought after the first goal, do you know what? Don't want this to happen again. So he punts it long, and then he begins the Hibs attack for the second goal. So we'll come back to the first goal, Liam. <laughs> Just before that, could you see us getting into that 
getting back into the game because, it, like you said, no. the performance did look like it had lifted. It did look like we were getting a little bit more luck down the left-hand side mm-hmm. with Alfie being on the pitch. We were definitely bombing forward a wee bit more and we were spending a little bit more time in their half and in their final third. But was there any way other than that, the, the, the lucky break in the pinball in the box falling to, to Yuan with Toby Civic's pass, did you see us getting back into it now? Um, honest, honestly not <clears throat> I felt like I, we were coming into it a little bit at the start of the second half but what Lowry scores at what is it 58 or something something like that yeah. um, and I just thought it's a horrible horrible time to concede a second goal knocks the stuff in completely out of hibs I turned to my dad and I was like I might just go because you know I'll, I'll leave it to now and then you know by the time I get home it'll be four or five you know, we've seen this story so many times before, um, especially well, especially last season. You look at the 3-0 game at Tynecastle, it, it went from bad to worse, even though we looked like we were maybe coming into the game a little bit. But no, I really didn't see a way back into the game for us. Um, obviously, we'd been there before, 2-0 down and managed to, to, get, to get a draw. But in that game, I thought we played really well from start to finish, not just in... You know, one half. So, yeah, I, I didn't have enough. I believe, to be honest with you, mate. What What about after the first goal went in? First goal goes in. Um, did you see Hearts start to retreat a little? I know it happens within an eighty-two second period, but did you sense a bit of nervousness straight after that? Or were you too busy, kind of celebrating the first goal? Or because it all happens very quick. Like I said, Toby Sibic <laughs> launches the ball forward gives us the ball back, and then Hearts don't get the ball back until the ball hits the back of the net for a second time. So walk me through those. And, and I know in your lifetime you've had lots of good 82 seconds, but <laughs> I want, I, I've want i got a couple of questions. I want you to walk me through it, but I also want to know where in your life does that 82 seconds rank? <laughs> unless, you're um, be- unless you're better, instances have been shorter than 82 seconds, of course. Well, I mean... I think 82 seconds is generous for me, to be honest, mate. But, uh, no, the first goal goes in and, it, like, it's, it's just pinball in the box, really. And, obviously, Civic with a, a really nice layoff, something that Iniesta probably would be proud of. And, uh, and you no scores, and I can tell well. you. Look. Eh? It was a no-look layoff as well, which it was, was unreal, even better. Mate. It was unreal. And um obviously smashes it in. And looking back on it, I think... It's it's something that El Yuan hasn't he's not really been known for making the right decisions at the right times for a lot of his Hibs career, but he made the right decision there. I think El Yuan of the start of last season would try and place that or round the goal there or do something stupid or like dink him or something, but he smashes it and it goes in. And I tell you, Sean, I think I think it is the most subdued celebration. I've ever given on Edinburgh Derby. I just went a wee yes because I was like, <clears throat> I didn't really see us getting back into it. But I was like, we'll believe, we'll believe, and the the noise from the Roseburn end was deafening. Um, and you could see the players getting a lift from it. The fans were certainly buoyed by it. Um, and then of course we we spark an attack for the next the next goal. Goes down the right-hand side. I turn to my dad and I go, how funny would it be if we scored now? 
and obviously we did. And with you and smashing that one in um, for the first goal, you could probably, you probably wouldn't, you know, put it past them to snatch the second chance or to still smash the second chance. But he calmly side foots it into the bottom corner and, you know, with the adrenaline that's pumping through him after scoring the first and seeing the fans go mental, to have that composure and slot that home the way that he did is just shows you how far he's come from the start of last season where he was hanging on to the ball too long, making the wrong decisions more or less every time. Um, even from the start of the game, the start of that game at Tynecastle, the fact that he's so calmly and composed and struck that into the bottom corner and I tell you what, I went fucking nuts. Absolutely nuts. I had more than made up for a subdued first celebration with uh, an extended second celebration. I was in row six. So I think I was maybe like, I think they cut off the first couple of rows at Tiny now. So I was maybe like in the the fourth row back or something like that. But it was, uh, no, it was absolute limbs, proper bedlam. It was really, really good. Um, And from that moment, I was thinking, this is our game. We're going to we're going to go on and win this now, and it certainly looked that way for a lot of the second half after the goal. But you know, unfortunately, it just wasn't to be. Where in your your limbs ranking is that? So obviously, last season your your best limbs were our second goal. Five blocks away. I'm assuming that the weekend was better than that, just based on the fact that it was two goals within 82 seconds. Um, does it does it beat that? Does it does it get into the topic of discussion up there with the best limbs for you? I don't know. It was great limbs, right? I think situational limbs you look back on more fondly of like more important goals. But I went more mental at Nisbet's goal at Ibrox last season because. I was right in the thick of it. And I know I was right at the front, but because we'd just scored, a lot of the people that were around me had, like, went down to the front and they were still making their way back up to their seats when we scored the second. So there wasn't an awful lot of folk around me. So there, it, it wasn't um, it wasn't as limbs as Hamlin's equaliser at Tynecastle. I think if I was to go excluding the cup final, that limbs at Ibrox definitely is, is number one. Hanlon at Tiny, number two. I think I think that one could make its way into the top three. That Elian second goal, yeah, for sure. I mean, seeing all the all the fans on the pitch doing knee slides and that was hilarious. Ah, I'm not gonna lie. That's brilliant. Absolutely. And the crutching that on the park, that's that's top notch. That's top quality. You just didn't get patter like that anywhere else at Scottish football, in my opinion. You don't get any patter like that anywhere else in the world. It only happens from the way end at Tynecastle. Fact. And taking us into the the last part of the last period of the game, obviously you've already said you thought that we could have went on and, and nicked it. Um, how or or what was the heart's reaction at that point? Because if the shoe was on the other foot and we were two 0 up Easter Road. We would we would go on to lose that game, or maybe not a Nick Montgomery's Hibs, but a previous Hibs side would one hundred percent go on to lose that if once it goes to two all. And 
the way that the the heart's atmosphere can can turn toxic very quick the fact that they don't really like the structure around the club and that the management at the moment you know toby civic is wasn't in favor with the support before the weekend and he certainly isn't now um hopefully none of the fans saw his hips top underneath his heart stop at full time <laughs> but how was the hearts reaction whether it be in the stand or or on or on the pitch going into the last period of that match i think the reaction from the stand and the pitch were two very very different things the reaction from the stand you, as you can expect is venomous toxic probably exactly like it would be if the roles were reversed and they'd come back from two goals down at Easter Road. The Hibs fans would be irate. They would be restless. But, listen, I've got to give it to the Hearts team. They looked um, they looked like they had determination. They were getting the ball down and knocking it about. And I actually think for the first 10, 15 minutes after our second goal, Hearts looked, every time they went forward, they looked like they were going to score. Thankfully, they never. Um, but it was, they really looked like they had been spurred on by those two goals, which, um, you know, obviously it doesn't really matter an awful lot now because they never won and neither did we. But, you know, I was, I don't want to say impressed by their reaction, but it, it surprised me, to be honest. I thought that going from 2-0 up to 2-2 in such a quick period of time against your art rivals at home would knock the stuffing completely out of you. But it seemed to do quite the opposite for that harsh set of players. And, you know, they can probably... They, I mean, they'll probably look at that the rest of that game and think, we should have won that. And I think the Hibs players will look at the rest of that game and think, we should have won that. So, probably, in the end, a draw is maybe a fair result, but you know, it was a very, very entertaining second half, to be sure. And then right at the end, or near towards the end, Hearts obviously hit the woodwork. Joe Newell has his chance as well, so it kind of comes back to your point about either side could have potentially nicked it, but both sides all in all will probably agree that a point was was fair. How do you think Monty will look back on that? First experience in Edinburgh Derby, going in with his normal shape, four four two, not really changing anything. Um, on the face of it anyway, and still coming out with a point. Because for me, I think that's probably a, a huge learning point for him, but also a huge benefit, the fact that we were 2-0 down. Tactically, he didn't look like he really changed anything. He just had a little bit of belief in the players, and they repaid him, and we still came away with a point. I think he probably would have been proud of the players' character, certainly in the second half. But it just strikes me as, why why hasn't he changed anything when we're... 2-0 down. I know he brings Alfie on um, and Alfie does change the game really. I mean, a lot of Hearts fans have said that to me that Alfie changed the game. I thought he was outstanding uh, on Saturday. I think it. I'm saying it's baffling that he never changed it. I'm not a football manager and I think what you're going back to saying about belief he obviously believes in, his, in himself and his tactics and he believes in his players. And I, that might shoot us in the foot a couple of times throughout the course of the season, but if he has shown that belief and that sort of solidarity and stability within the playing staff that's on the park, then surely that can only be a good thing. 
I's probably going to be disappointed in the manner that we lost the goals. I feel like um, the lead up to the first goal was was preventable. The strike, I don't think you can do anything about that. It's a wonder strike. Um, really think we probably could have cleaned cleaned one of the Hearts players out on the line. Willie Collin was letting an awful lot go in terms of um, not booking players and stuff. Second goal is, you know, it's like a brain fart in defence, not going out and pressing them. I think he'll be really disappointed in the manner that we lost the goals, but definitely proud of the character that that we showed um, to come back. And I believe that you have a pie review as well, a Tyne Castle pie review. Would I be correct in making that assumption? I absolutely do, Sean. I absolutely do. Which pie is the best in the pie review? Which pie is the best in the pie review? Now, I can't remember if it was you or if it was one of the other boys in the chat mentioning about this pie so I will wait and see what your review is. Um, I wasn't really paying attention at the time because I just got knocked back from my Coliseum tour. At the, <laughs> at, although we turned up on time um, and the tour guide was right outside, they decided to tell us that they weren't going to let us in. So um, Roberto Mancini must condemn. And then after we'd got knocked back for the Coliseum, I looked at my phone and thought it was 2-0. So I wasn't having a very good five-minute spell. <laughs> Um, so I'm hoping that when all of this was going on, you had devoured a, a delicious pie, at least. Yes, well, we'll, we'll jump straight in it, Sean. Uniqueness is a one. Now, I'd had a few bevies by this point, and I am not too sure what else they did. I was just wanting a steak pie. They might have done something really fancy or something really different, but I didn't look at the menu I was just like I'm wanting a steak pie so uniqueness is a one for a steak pie uh, the crust is a five and the crust was proper crispy all over perfect liftage as crispy on the bottom as it was on the rim and all the way around the sides it was a perfectly cooked pie I think it would have been straight out the oven maybe straight out the oven and sat for five ten minutes so what you're saying is since the start of the premiership at the weekend you had the greatest rim that you've had yes absolutely i've had this is by far and away the best crust that i have ever savored on a pie at the football bar none it was it was sensational and it tasted really nice as well so filling Hearts are getting a three. Now, the film was very, very good. It was really nice. The gravy was really good. The steak was really good. But there was far too much gravy. The ratio was off. There wasn't enough steak. The gravy was like that thick way that it's... Like it's proper thick. And um, and the steak was really good as well. But there wasn't enough steak for me. And there was far too much gravy. So, get the ratio right. And it could easily be a four or a five. It could easily be a four or a five hearts catering staff. It really could. Um, temperature. In your afternoon, were you having this pie as well? This was about 38, 39 minutes. Right, okay. Because okay. I like to go down and beat, beat the queue. You know what I mean? I'll, I like to beat the queue and then 
get myself back up to the back back up to the seat. So yeah, temperatures are five. Yeah, like I said, I think it was out of the oven and then maybe sitting for five or ten minutes. So it had that time to cool, but not cool too much. So like the perfect lukewarm temperature for me, in my humble opinion. The price is a two. Four pounds, Sean. Four pounds it cost me. To be honest, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it because it was a good pie. But four pounds is a bit steep for my liking for a steak pie, which gives Hearts a combined score of 16 out of 25. That's a, that's a very good score. And realistically, the only thing that's letting it down there is the uniqueness, which at times can't be helped depending on what you're actually after. Yeah, absolutely. Which pie is the best in the pie review? Which pie is the best in the pie review? Right, and what we'll do is we'll jump into the listener questions and for those on YouTube now they will be able to see that the three of us are now here <laughs> uh, to answer the questions and no Mark and Craig have not joined us so if you want to find out who has jump over to YouTube <laughs> and you can find out. I don't think so, he's going to be an awful lot of use to be honest Sean he's you don't talk an awful lot do you wee man? Eh? I'm sure he brings plenty to the table. <laughs> I plenty of spewing piss and shite now it's time to answer the hip ramble listener questions. Uh, straight after the match, Keith uh, jumped in with, shame we couldn't win it at the death, but I figure we have the best of both worlds. Hearts throw away a two-goal lead at Tiny, plus Stevie will still be in the job for a little bit longer, or Frankie, or whoever is actually in charge. I've lost track. <laughs> No, for sure. I think if you if you ask any Hibs fan at 2-0 down, would you take 2-2, then you would they'd be biting your hand off for it. Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's one of those ones where I, I look back on it and I, I, I'm disappointed that we never saw it through and won the game. But listen, 2-2, I think, is it's a much better point for us than it is for them at the moment. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, Gav Dick, limbs looked absolutely unreal when you slotted the second 10 million out of 10 <laughs> Yeah, the limbs were great uh, I wish Mark was on because he was uh, and Craig because they were both uh, going on about how good the limbs were um, so I would I would like to have heard it from, from their perspective yeah, I would um, but yeah, no, the limbs were great and um if you're if you're listening and you were there, let us know what the limbs were like for you. Um, now, apologies, John. Your question was a little bit further down, so I did not lead with that one. Hopefully, you will um, forgive me. My humblest apologies. Uh, so, yeah, what have you had? Going to have? I had a pizza because we're obviously just back and we don't really have much in the house. I'm I'm doing a Liam. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'm meant to be having sausage and mash for my tea tonight but I took Myla to the park earlier on and I drove past McDonald's to get her a happy meal for her tea and I got myself uh, an emergency double cheeseburger so I'm not that hungry at the moment <laughs> so I might have some sausage and mash later on or I might just have nothing I like how, and, you, how you've painted it as an emergency happy meal for her 
No, no, it was it was a normal happy meal for her. And it was emergency double cheeseburger for me because I was starving, and I knew that I was coming back to do the pod, so I, w- I wasn't going to get the chance to eat until later on. But it was maybe in hindsight not the best, not the best choice because now I am not hungry, and Megan will be hungry, and I'm going to need to make sausage and mash for her and not eat it myself. It happens. Mate. I'm assuming something has happened at halftime because. Harvey has asked you specifically what you have against the Hearts wee keeper at half time. So, if you could elaborate on that once you're able to compose yourself, that would be that would be great. Oh, bless you, Tommy. I know. <laughs> so they had they had little small sided games, right? At, uh, at half time, and the game that was closest to the Roseburn was going on, and. The goalie that was in in nets for one of the teams, it was it was doing my fucking head in to be honest, right? He kept getting the ball back in the goals and like having a maze up the park and losing the ball and the other team would score. And like I'd mentioned earlier, I'd had a couple of babies by this point, Sean. So I was letting the boy Ken. I was going, What are you doing? Why you do-? and I was getting a little bit angry, thinking Imagine if David Marshall kept going on mazes up the up the park and we conceded goals. Would you be happy it's not, about it? It's not on. Would you be happy about it? No. It's Would not you on. be happy about it, Thomas? I'm glad to keep on, I feel. No. Uh, disgusting, to be honest. And yeah, no, that's that's what I've got against that the wee the wee goalie at the at the Hearts game. So there's your answer, Harvey. Cheers. <laughs> right, so overrated, underrated, Liam Riley special. Um, look forward to these every single week. Uh, probably my favourite part of the pod, not going to lie. <laughs> uh, Gary Caldwell. Underrated. Yeah, I would I would say the same. Uh, Matty Jack. I didn't see an awful lot of Matty Jack, but I met him in Dusseldorf on my stag and he was a top, top guy. So for that, I'm going to say underrated because he's a nice boy. He did kick us out of his pub though. It's probably justified though, let's be serious. You probably deserve- Well, it was it was Mark's fault. Mark and Mother Pal Graham were were body sparring in his pub and he, he wasn't having it. So ah, I think good. it's fair enough. I mean I had ah. no I had no part to play in it. Me and Mark then Nick kept Mario. going we kept going back at the night time. Obviously like when he'd left and just going at the pub and singing Matty, Matty Jack, Matty Jack and they were like, He's not here And we're like, Aye, but Matty Jack and they're like, no, like fuck off. I basically do. <laughs> uh, I would also say underrated. Um, however, I feel inclined to see uh, say that I'm seeing a lot of people who clearly didn't watch him play based on their age on on Twitter um, big him up, which they're right mm-hmm. to do so, but they won't have watched any games. Well, I I didn't really I don't really remember him at all, but he's a nice enough guy. Great guy, great player. Um, Philip, I can't remember how to pronounce this. Philip Murray. Murray's. I used to love him when he was at. Hibs. I'm going to say I'm going to say underrated here because I I did like him when he was at Hibs, and I, I felt like the majority of the fan base didn't really rate him. Yeah. If I remember rightly, I might be I might be completely no, wrong here, but I agree. I think he was underrated. Don't get me wrong, like he's not like 
the best wingers that we've had. Like he's not underrated in that sense, but he's underrated for the team that he was in at that time period. During I thought he played quite well through the middle as well when he played in the middle of the park. He was he was pretty good. He he was pretty versatile, and probably one of the only Portuguese players that I can remember playing for Hubs, hmm. apart from Tavares and Ricardo Vazte. Uh, Brian Graham. I'm, gonna I'm go probably going to get I'm probably going to get slaughtered for this, but underrated. I thought Brian Graham was a clutch player for Hibs when when we had him, um, and my really is that what you think? My my best memory of Brian Graham, and I'm sure I voted for it at the time for goal of the season, was we beat Morton four nothing at Easter Road, and uh, and Jason Cummins whipped in a really, really deep cross from out in the left-hand side and Brian Graham bullet header. I think it was probably for the fourth goal or something. And I was like, that's one of the best goals I've ever seen because the cross was so deep and the header was so accurate. And for that reason and that reason only, and the goal against Dunfermline, Brian Graham underrated for me. I don't I don't see why you would get slaughtered for it, if I'm honest. Because um, I do think he was underrated. I don't think anyone really liked him, though. Nah. And I, I think he just doesn't say... look like he, was, he, he should have been a Hibs player. And that's just probably because of how tall he is and how he's built. I think, no, but I think people will say overrated because he scored a few goals, but people thought he was pish. I thought he was... Because we had Grant Holt at that time as well... What he brought to the table, I think, was completely overshadowed by how good Grant Holt was at what he did. I think they were very similar kinds of players. Definitely a Neil Lennon player. Um, yeah, no, I, I I thought he was... Definitely wasn't the best striker at the club at the time. Definitely wasn't the worst striker at the club at the time. Um, yeah, underrated for me. And do you think so as well, Thomas? Yeah. And we could have a clean sweep of underrated here, depending on your answer. It won't be a clean sweep from my part, but the last name on the list, well, the second, the set, the last name, but then we've got two things left. Uh, Alan Stubbs. Overrated. I, I think, and it 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 hurts me to say it because he obviously won us the cup, but two failed attempts to get out of that league against two really, really poor Rangers teams. The Hearts team was good. The Hearts team were preparing, were preparing for their first season in the Championship, the season they went down. So I think they were they were always going to win that division. Um, what are you doing? Um, but no, Rangers were piss poor both of those seasons. And the fact that we lost out in the playoffs to Falkirk we lost a cup final to Ross County. It's all really overshadowed by the fact we won the cup. And yes, I would trade everything that, that went against us in his time at Hibs again. I would I would go through it all again for the chance to win the cup. But yeah, I think I think overrated purely because he won that and he failed to get us out of the division and lost another cup yeah. final. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think he'd done us a favour by by leaving um, when he did as well. On I think it was on his 100th game as well, so it's kind of... I think the cup final was his 100th game, aye. Aye, so it's 
kind of worked out quite well for him. Great man manager, don't get me wrong. Really good man manager, which is obviously what we've been lacking probably since then. But as an overall, nah, just you still you still see Hibs fans wanting him back now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think I mean the, the football that he played on the whole was good, Sean. It was an attractive brand of football. And I'm not saying that he's a bad coach or anything, but he was blessed with a with a brilliant, brilliant squad of players. He really, really was. And I know that he he amassed a lot of that himself. And you know, but I mean if he came back now, he wouldn't be able to do the same the same style of football no. with the players that we've got. And no. I I wouldn't I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm, I'm sounding like a like I hate the guy. I don't. I th- he's a Hibs legend, and quite rightly so. And you know, everyone will look back on that that day in May 2016 with the greatest of fondness. But I think for everything else that went against us, the only thing you can really say is overrated. To be honest. Yeah. And doing the twirly with your scarf above your head. I don't I'm not even going to give that. I'm not even going to give an, I'm not even going to answer that. Another than overrated. I don't understand, and it's not even just Hearts fans, but loads and loads of fans up and down the country do it. I don't understand. Like why? Doesn't it look good? It does. It looks man. Yeah, and also by the way, just on things that look man, can we have a big shout out for the Gorg Ultras and the incredible display <laughs> at the weekend? It was absolutely sh. Right. It was honking and the banner at the bottom wasn't even central. Mate, it was like all the way over to the right. It was stupid. Absolutely stupid. And you can, when you go under the bridge and that on the march, you know what they'd spray painted? What? <laughs> they'd spray painted on the wall, Welcome to Hell. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't real. It wasn't real hell. It was just Time Castle, Tommy. It's okay. <laughs> That's pathetic. That is absolutely pathetic. Okay. Last couple of questions um, before we finish up and move on to uh, our clothes. Not our physical clothes that we're wearing, the closing of the pod, obviously. Um, Liam, where do you get your, your door handles from? James is uh, desperate to know. I've not got a new one yet. I've not got a new one. So basically, the context behind this is well, we're, me and Mark were going to record last night, right? Uh, and I was on my way through to the room to record the pod and I shut the living room door and like the, the mechanism inside the door broke. So like I knocked on the door and I was like, oh, Megan, any chance you can open the door from that side? She tried to open the door, pulled the handle and the handle came right off. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. And she was like, Liam, you're going to need to kick the door down. You're going to need to kick the door down. And I was like, I'm not going to kick the door down because... One, Myla was in her bed, I was like, I'll wake her up and she'll go mental. And two, I'm probably going to injure myself very badly. Um, so I decided not to kick the door down. And then after about 45 minutes of tinkering and sticking screwdrivers in places, I managed to, to open the door. And I have still have no idea how. I'm not DIY savvy at all. Don't even know why I've got a screwdriver. I'll never fucking use it. I managed to get the door, like the the door open and take the the latch out of the door. So we have got a handleless living room door at the moment. And the the funny thing is, I had to keep going out the back door and in the front door 
to get the the door open and like get my tools and stuff. So yeah, it was it was a bit, <laughs> it was a bit of a nightmare last night, but we managed it in the end. But to answer your question, James, I don't know where I'm going to get my replacement door handle from. <laughs> maybe Amazon, maybe. And it's it's worked out for the best because we're here the, we're here this evening and just the two of us. Yeah, and I'm not locked inside the I'm not locked inside the living room. I can freely roam my house this evening. Um, John came in with the the final question as well, but and he asks what the Rambles go to subway order is, um, and big big bread bins has appreciated said question and asked if mm. it was inspired by the Australian national team video that Boyle Cummins and Souter. Um, was it the video or was it the what? strip that they brought out? Oh no, it wasn't a Socceroos strip, was it? It was a. No. I think it was. I don't know if it was a team down south or whatever, but anyway, I, I, might, I might actually down. have to buy that. Might actually have to buy that. Um, I would really like it if it wasn't a Subway. Like if it wasn't the Subway logo, but it was just an intertwining yellow and green pattern, I think that works. That's disgusting, Tom. Yeah. Um, so before we move on to your dad's question, we'll leave that to last because he gets abused every week anyway. So we'll try and not abuse him this week. But um, what is your what is your go-to Subway order, Liam? I don't get a Subway very often. When I worked at Visit Scotland, when we were in the office all the time, I did used to get a Subway on occasion. And I, then I would usually go for the chicken tikka, cheese and toasted and then I would, on top of that, have lettuce, jalapenos, peppers, some onions, and then some of the chipotle sauce. The chipotle sauce is the only option, in my opinion. Yeah. I think it's one of the best. Uh, it's, yeah. great. it's a great sauce. I do like the chilli one as well, like the sweet chilli, but you can't have chipotle and chilli and jalapenos because then your arse will be burning the day after. I um, normally, I used to work, I, I spent a couple of months stint working in Subway when I lived in Australia. Oh, wow. And to this day, it is by far the greatest job that I've ever had, purely because you would get free lunch and you were, the free lunch was a refillable drink in a six inch, but that's only what went through the till. So if the <laughs> manager wasn't in, you were double meat in, you were double cheese in, you were foot long. You were getting a bottle of juice, you were getting cookies, you were getting whatever. So I stand by the fact that I've said that that is the greatest job that I've ever had. Um, well, maybe you'll work in Subway one day, pal, don't worry. Didn't care what your order was, Tommy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> nobody asked. <laughs> you, and know, then, you know part of the rumble. I remember working in there one Easter weekend and they had all the food that was going to go out of date because they were closing for the Friday and they were closing for the Monday and then they had like a bank holiday or something so they were closing on the Tuesday as well. So I was working the Thursday shift and then it was going to be closed for like four or five days. And I hadn't realised that that was probably the greatest decision that I've ever made because at the end of the shift they were going to chuck everyone out. And me, being over there for a year and travelling, went, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'll be taking all that food. And I took, I, I was staying at my, my my cousins at the time, auntie and uncles. So I didn't even tell them that I was coming home with this. I just walked home. My boot was full. Had the boot. All I had all the bread that was left. All the meat. All the lettuce. All the salads. All the sauces. It had literally. It looked like I was working somewhere at the back of my van. 
<laughs> I just took it all the way home, and then my auntie didn't need to do a shop for about two weeks because we just managed to kind of ration it out. And did you have to? Did you have to make them all? Make them all? Make all the sandwiches? Nah. So I actually tasted like a subway. Left that to them. <laughs> so subway uh, DIY, mate. After all that, my my go-to normally is just a chicken and bacon with cheese toasted chipotle sauce. But they brought out the nacho chicken recently, and what, uh, since they brought that out, that's that's been my go-to. But quite a few places have uh, stopped putting it on the sandwiches now for some stupid reason. Don't know why. I do like an Italian BMT as well. I've got I've got to admit. I really mm. do like an Italian BMT. Um but what has annoyed me with that question is he's not told us what his order is because he clearly rates Subway like myself. Yeah. It's one of the one of the best out there in my opinion. But he's not told us what his order is. So John, get your finger out and tell us what yours is so we can rate it for you. So um, the only thing about Subway, right, is like you need to go in for a Subway. Like Subway doesn't travel well if you order it on like Just Eat. I've ordered it on Just Eat a couple of times and immediately regret it. Like it really doesn't travel well. Whereas like a McDonald's or a KFC or something like that travels all right. You don't particularly need to go in and 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 have them, but I feel like you'd need to go in and have a Subway. And I, have it as fresh as you can because I ordered a subway when Mixu Patalainen had that like that thing down Leith. I think it was last year or the year before when it was like chat with Mixu Patalainen or whatever it was, and I hadn't ate all day, so I ordered one, and I was scanning the subway front row while Mixu was chatting. But when it arrived, because they didn't put food on or anything uh, at the venue, and it arrived and literally none of the meat was in the sandwich whatsoever. The sandwich oh was God. there and all the meat had fallen out of it and the sandwich was burnt to a crisp. So, Ideal. Aye, so you're you're correct in what you're saying. Not ordering it isn't is ideal. Um, doesn't it definitely does not travel well. And even like because when it's cheese and toasted, the cheese like firms back up again by the aye. time it gets to you. Aye, you need it. You need it fresh, hundred percent. It's not ideal, is it? Not ideal. No. Um, Liam, before we move on to fantasy football and um, you bringing the episode to a close, your dad, which you should already know your answer to this, um, apart from following Hibs, what other hobbies do the Ramble presenters have? I like that. I really enjoyed the fact that he said presenters. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think we should maybe speak for Mark and Craig here as well, even if we're making it up. I know oh, Mark I... likes to go to the gym. I... I and drink. I don't know an awful lot. Colin's not going to like my answer because my answer is travelling to other European countries to watch football. So, I don't mm. know if that counts. If we can, if we can, Colin, if you're happy to count that, I like travelling. I just like travelling full stop. Yeah, I think um, I think everyone likes travelling, Sean. Yeah, but like I, I like to make a point of doing it quite a lot. Do you know what I mean? And seeing different places rather than always going to Spain and Greece every summer for two weeks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I like... Uh, hey, Thomas, that's enough. Tommy, need to Um, For me... Oh, do you not want me to tell my, my hobbies? Yeah. 
You want to sit up again? Uh, my hobbies, for me, I've actually recently, <laughs> I've recently procured a set of golf clubs, and I am gonna, I'm gonna take up golf. I think my dad likes playing golf, so I think I'm gonna start doing that. I can play the guitar. I like playing the guitar. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a man of many talents, to be honest, Sean. Um, but yeah, football. Master and, of none, though. Yeah, exactly. Like football and this are probably my biggest, my biggest hobbies. Hmm. Hopefully that answers his question. I've, do you know what? I've, I've wanted to get back. I said get back into. I was class at high school. That was about it. As badminton, but for the life, I think everyone was good at that high school. I think I played it in about fourteen years. Yeah. But um, I, Colin, I don't know what other hobbies you have apart from collecting super dry jackets and uh, buying people brew instead of crisps. Um, if you can let us know, that would be that would be great. <laughs> well, I know he's away. He's he's leaving. Well, this will obviously come out on Thursday morning. But he is, um, he's going away to go and see his pal in Spain. His his mate has got a, a house over in Spain and. It goes over every now and then. He's at, he's like building he's building something over in Spain as well. So he goes over and he, he helps he helps his mate build whatever he's building and but he, he doesn't really do an awful lot apart from he get buried. And um so he's 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 away for a week uh, on Thursday. So have the best time, Colin. Hope you enjoy yourself, mate. And you can update everyone on the fantasy football, Liam. And I'm, I think I am running clear of you three. Definitely not running clear at the top. I'm miles away for that. But I'm definitely, last time I checked anyway. Yes. Right. Fantasy football update. Now, we have obviously now been going for eight game weeks. And Sean, it is a very, very similar top five. At the top, we've got Dan Taylor with McGinn and Tonic, who seem to be up there or thereabouts all season. They've not moved at all uh, in the last game week, and neither has second place. That is Hybees for Europe. They've got 461 points uh, behind McGinn and Tonic's 491 points in first. Moving up five places to third place um, with 458 points is what's the story Ross McCrory great name shite player fair dues uh, in fourth is Tim Odds 16 He uh, they move up one place with 455 points and then finishing off the top five moving down two places from last week is I Karamba Umbachumba FC and they have 454 points, one point behind Tim Odds 16. So that wraps up the top five. Um, I'm not actually going to tell you where my team is because they are languishing down the bottom of the table. But listen, it's not it's not about winning, it's about taking part, Sean, and you know that better than anyone. I definitely do, and that's why I am 15th in the league and the highest out of the four of us. You've not been changing your team either, have you? Uh, I've actually, whenever we've mentioned it on this, 
I've went on it and fixed it when we've been speaking about it, but I don't. I've not been going in and changing it. Well, I've not changed it once. I can't even remember who's in my team. Let me have a look and see who's in my team. How did I get to it? I don't. I honestly don't even know how you get to it because I've only been in it a few times. So I've got. To be fair, it's an actually it's an all right team. I've got Kel Rusin goals. A back four of Obita, Obalai, Tavernier, and Mugabe, which isn't too bad. A midfield four of Brad Lyons, who's scored a couple of goals this season, Todd Cantwell, Clarkson, and Dylan Levitt. Obviously, he's not got an awful lot of game time. And then up front, I've got Furuhashi and Yuan. So your midfield's not doing you anything, that's your problem. And then I've got Carter Vickers on the bench for some reason. Maybe because he was injured at the start of the season. Maybe you're right. But yeah, so I will... I don't know really what wild card and triple captain do. I'm not very... I'm not very uh, experienced in the fantasy football. Wild card, you can change your whole team. Make as many changes as you want. And triple captain is what it says on the tin. It gives you triple points for your captain for that week. Fair dues. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully I can start climbing up the table. I, to be honest, mate, I don't, I just, I just forget. I don't remember to update the team. So I'll probably, again, I get the emails and I get the push notifications every week. And I'm like, oh, I should go and do that. And then, I don't because I just forget and that's it. But, you know, if I've got aspirations of finishing in a European spot, I really need to start sorting out my team. And that brings us to a close. Episode 61. Done and dusted. 61, done and dusted. Thank you so much to everyone who just listened to that fantasy football update because if it was me, I would have turned off by now. That's so sure. bad, to be so very well done if you made it through for those that are in Spain going to watch the Scotland game enjoy for those that are not enjoy regardless um, and we will be back next week looking forward to a humongous game at Ibrox one in which we will be taking points off them well Thanks here's so hoping. much for listening cheers cheers bye bye Let's get ready to rumble!